Hey friends, welcome to Woman-Owned Wallet, the podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Dare, a serial entrepreneur who has already made all of the money mistakes so you don't have to. Now I'm working on my money mindset, expanding my companies, and having open conversations with women around a subject that shouldn't be so taboo, money. My company, Woman-Owned Wallet, and I are determined to help you foster a more positive relationship with your wallet and help you create a life that makes you say, wow. Hey, moneymakers. This is Cusco, the podcast producer for Woman on Wallets. You're now about to hear part two of the Money and Family episode. If you missed part one, you'll definitely want to go check that out first. We uploaded it earlier this week, Tuesday, May 2nd. And for those that have heard it, let's just get right into it. I'd like to just touch a little bit, if you don't mind, on like your sisters and your relationship and like how the money, you know, affected that. Um, Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure you feel comfortable talking about that. But I do think it's important for people to see that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I've noticed when, and this isn't exactly this situation, but when people lose their parents and like inheritance come into into play, that there's just so much stress and tension and it's all deriving from the money and the perspective of how much somebody thinks they should have or mm-hmm. how much they put into it. And I know that you're very, you know, you're very vocal about wanting it to be even between me mm-hmm. and my brothers. And for... For us, we're not, from my perspective of speaking with them and like, none of us feel that we're not even, nobody's like concerned. Mm -hmm. We're concerned about everybody just being all right for forever. (laughs) And like, we don't want to have that concern that I know you have. That's not our concern. Mm -hmm. But I do derive it a lot from like understanding how it wasn't always even with you and your sister. Mm-hmm. And I can understand why you feel that way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that it's something you have to be concerned about with your children, which is great because yep. that means we broke a chain. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you guys we feel don't. that way. And I'm glad you've had the discussion too. We have. We, that, had, it, uh, we have it at Christmas mm-hmm. right before you guys showed up. We were just like, yeah, we're all good. So, well, so what happened? As I said, my sister and her son we're living with my parents. My father passed away pretty pretty young. He was in his mid-60s. And it was pancreatic cancer, correct? Yes, yeah. pancreatic cancer. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. smoking and drinking will do that to you. Right. A lot of other things will too, but... Yeah. And it can happen just on its own. I don't mean to... Right. I just want to make sure I remembered yes. correctly. Yeah. I don't mean to denigrate anybody who had got it and did nothing wrong to deserve it. Right. <laughs> She's a medical professional now, or was. She's a retired medical professional yes. now. So, well, she's got to have the stipulation, but yeah. Because my sister was in a financial situation where she couldn't live on her own for a while, especially when her son was little, she moved back in with my parents. My Folks originally said they would help her get set up so that she'd have an apartment, her own place of her own, make sure that she had enough of an education to support the two of them. And then none of that ever happened. Mm. I'm not still not sure why none of that ever happened. I think part of it is that my mother looked at it and said, if I let this child leave this house with her, he will not have the advantages that he has with, with us. 
it wasn't anything against my sister. It it wasn't that she wasn't taking care of her child. She definitely was. It was maybe just a financial fina- truth. Financially, mm-hmm. it's easier to support somebody with everybody being one in one household than it is with two. Yeah, less bills. I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. same thing happens in divorce. You yeah. you try to turn this money into two households instead of one. It's going <sighs> to be more expensive. It's rough. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, my sister moved back in with their child and ended up staying there until he was into college. Mm -hmm. So basically his entire life was spent with my grandparents during that time. With with his grandparents. With his grandparents. Yeah, with your parents. My parents, his grandparents. And when she moved back in, was this when you were in college and you couldn't continue to go to that college because of the financial changes? I, I could have continued to go to college to begin with but I couldn't continue to go to the out-of-state college Got it. where I was trying to get an architecture degree. Right. And there was not one available in-state at the in-state rates. Okay. So I ended up having to change majors and go to a different college. Fortunately, got a pretty decent job over the summer and decided that I was going to save up money and go back to college when I could do what I wanted to do mm-hmm. instead of just taking general education yeah. classes and trying to figure it out. Random Wasting stuff. my time and money. Mm-hmm. So my sister's decision to move back home did affect me financially Mm -hmm. and did affect my parents financially. So for the next 18 years, my parents, to some extent, supported her either by spending, they were the ones who bought the groceries. They were the ones who paid for the car and the the insurance and and the lights and the water. So financially, my sister and her son did somewhat take away from my finances and my ability to move on. I don't hold that against either of them. Right. It was what it was. It worked out. I met my husband. We had three beautiful children and, a, and we've had a very nice life and we're continuing to have a very nice life. But it's a reality. It is a reality. And I also felt that my children were slighted on their grandparents because my mother didn't feel that she could come visit us because she was taking care of her grandchild. Right. Um, even though her my other sister, grandchild. Her, other, her other grandchild, she couldn't come visit the grandchildren that I had for her. And I mean, she always talked <clears throat> about him, but she very much talked about him, you know, like as a son. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting to be her grandchild and be like, but he's your grandkid too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I do kind of feel that- It's just the way it was. It was- hard on me to feel like I was second choice because she wanted to spend time with the grandchild that lived in her house. Mm-hmm. And she did kind of raise him. Obviously, my sister did most of the raising, but she was second in command. It was it was mom and dad. My sister and my mom were kind of like mom and dad to the child. Yeah. Fortunately, he turned out very well. Yeah. Incredibly it, smart. Yes. Mm-hmm. He just had a book published. I think that's great. Wow. Amazing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. So the financial end of it meant that she didn't feel that she could come visit us very often. We didn't live in state. So it would have met plane fare and time away from family and time away from him. Did they mostly live in Arkansas? They lived in Arkansas until we moved to Memphis. And then they moved. And then they moved to Indianapolis. (laughs) And part of our acceptance of the job in Memphis. here to be closer to you. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, that was frustrating. And they didn't mention when we said we were going there that they had intended to move. And then they moved. So again, we were farther away. It was going to be difficult. Resources were given to my sister and her son for 18 years. 
And at some point, my mom started to feel, especially after my dad died, um, she started to feel that she had spent too much time and money on my sister and my nephew and shorted us. I don't think I made her feel like that. I don't think my sister made her feel like that. I think it was something that she just decided. Yeah, she maybe she just had a realization that like when she was by herself, mm-hmm. that that was something that was, I mean, kind of the family's reality for a while. It's mm-hmm. not good or bad. Just it was. It was what it was. It was what happened and what needed to happen. And she stepped up. And at that point in time, my nephew, who is about 10 years older than you guys, mm-hmm. 10 years older than Jason, had gone off to school. She wasn't seeing him, but she was seeing you. You yeah. guys would come up to, once we moved up to Kentucky, especially, we were able to go up to Indianapolis. You guys would go up and go to Connor Prairie mm-hmm. and do stuff with her and spend time with her during the summer when you're on breaks. And we'd see everybody at holidays and come up on weekends and things. Yeah. And eventually we went by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Since you guys were older, I was able to come up sometimes and spend time with her that I hadn't been able to spend time with when I hadn't been able to when she lived farther away, when we lived farther away. Maybe it's that you guys were finishing strong. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I feel I did not know at the time that she had decided that since my sister had gotten all of her resources for 20 years, she was now going to dedicate her resources to me. And her resources weren't anything where she was handing me money. On the other hand, it was actually kind of the opposite where I was paying for a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Um, If we'd go on vacations and go out to eat and all that, I'd always offer and she'd always accept, which was fine. We were able to do it. Did you think that she kind of knew that she was leaving all that to you? So she was like happy to accept when you would do it because she knew that it was going to come back eventually? I do think so. I think that was part of it. Maybe she didn't tell you, but she maybe knew that. Coming from a generation growing up during the depression when there wasn't anything, I think she felt that she wanted to have her saver hoard. She wanted money. She wanted her house paid it off. She wanted things to be able to give to me because she was a saver. And it may have been her saver personality that was always there. And my dad was always the spender personality. She wanted to make sure that she had something to give to me. She had not had much that came down from her family because they had lost a lot during the depression. There had been some money, but they had lost a lot. Mm -hmm. So she wanted to change it up for the next generation. She's breaking her own chains that we weren't even realizing. (laughs) Yeah. I think every generation does it. And at the same time, because my sister and my nephew, who had been basically her best friends, and my father, who she couldn't, uh, he had died. She couldn't be mad at him. She couldn't hold it against him very easily. She definitely could hold it against him in her mind, but she could not hold it against him that she could not physically go, you can't have this because you left me. I think part of it was that she wanted to penalize them financially for leaving her, mm-hmm. for being her best friends and then saying, we're going to go off and do our own things. I don't think that was fair. Mm-hmm. Or my, intentional. They were just living their lives. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My, you can't be in the same My sister situation. met, met a, a great guy. They got married. Everything was fine with them. She shouldn't be penalized for having a life. Yeah. My nephew went off, went, went to college, went, got a master's, got a got doctorate, 
became a teacher, wrote a book, yeah. all that a good husband stuff. Yep. And he, a father. A husband and a father now. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, has been now for 10 years. Right, right. You shouldn't be penalized for that. Yeah. But I do think- From her perspective. Her perspective was that to some extent, it was a penalty on them for leaving her. And to some extent, it was a reward to me for being there. Yeah. And, and to us, I mean, like you and, said, and to you, I you, saw a lot of grandma mm-hmm. for a, a long time. Mm-hmm. So when she had her stroke and heart attack. Mm-hmm. This was when I was um, 20 years old. Yes. Yeah. She was, she was 80 when that happened. We had just had our 2050, 80 birthday celebration. In Disney. <laughs> and we, I was working at Disney World. So mom and grandma came down and I got to, um, I got a good discount yep. on the <laughs> Animal Kingdom Lodge which was very expensive. So we had like drafts out our windows. Yeah, I'll probably never stay there again. Yeah. (laughs) Not unless a grandchild goes and works at Disney. (laughs) So we got to have this beautiful experience together and all celebrated. And it was like days after she got home, she had a stroke. A stroke that precipitated a heart attack. Yeah. And then she like collapsed in a parking lot, right? Mm -hmm. And had to be in rehab for three months. Mm -hmm. So I kind of feel like my sister had gotten the good years, if you want to say that. I've given you the best years of my life. (laughs) A little bit. Um, I can see that. Well, just the the active, very active. The very active, very helpful, got to do stuff together kind of years. Mm -hmm. Um, What we're, you and I have- What we have now. Had, have now. And have had, yeah, Mm -hmm. of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And have had for the last- 34 years. Yes. (laughs) Um, Since I was kicking in your belly. (laughs) And at that point in time, we were looking for a medical- power of attorney. And it happened to be in with a copy of her will. And at that point in time, my sister must have seen both. I don't know exactly what everything was, but my mom had said, I want you to be my power of attorney. To you. To me, mm-hmm. because she was a little afraid my sister would want to go through the house and get rid of everything. I wanted to go through yeah. the house and get rid of everything. Sorry, Grandma. It was a hoarder house. It was full of all sorts of stuff. So you couldn't walk over. I mean, you couldn't walk through a room. You did it respectfully. Yeah. I wanted to box everything up and put it in a storage bin somewhere. So it wasn't gone, but you could walk through the house. Yeah. And my sister might've done that, but I think she was more likely to want to just toss stuff. Whatever. And I can't say I blame her for that either. Yeah, that's, that's me neither. That's definitely it was a lot, you what guys. I wanted was, to do. It was a lot. I mean, Your, it was six months of garage sales. Yeah. And... <laughs> research and every, it was so much. So at that point in time, I'm pretty sure my sister saw that she had been written out of the will. Mm. My mom had decided to penalize her and, and reward she me. She must not have told her. And I'm sure she did not tell her. she didn't her. tell you, right? She didn't tell me. I didn't know about it until all that happened. And my mom said, do you think she saw the will? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm. And then I, we kind of figured out that that might be her reason for walking out. Mm-hmm. I still don't agree with that reasoning. Whether you're getting money or not, you still don't abandon your parents, especially not when they're in the ICU. But I understand it. Yeah. I don't agree with it, but I can understand it. Right. She was hurt. Mm-hmm. Her mother wrote her off. Yeah. And that's not something my mom should have done. And it's not something my I feel my sister, this is all how I feel about it. Right, not, of course. Their realities are different. Of course. But I can understand why my sister would say, you wrote, you wrote me off. Yeah. I'm writing you off. Yeah. I mean, it happened in our family, you know, Mm -hmm. 
multiple times. Like this yeah. is the, the straw, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure in a lot of ways when, you know, my aunt went and had her own life and everything, I'm sure when they did talk, she, I mean, grandma guilted people. Grandma mm-hmm. was critical. And mm-hmm. while we loved her and she was, but she was sassy as fuck. And mm-hmm. like, I was like, some of her last words were curse words. Like I remember. <laughs> and it's a lot know, of her words were curse words, harsh. even not in the last days. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> And so like she, she had a lot of harshness in Mm -hmm. her and it's probably from some of that upbringing and stuff too. But like, if she's going to cut somebody off because they left her and then say, you know, your sister did the same thing. Like if they're very similar people Mm -hmm. and she maybe had heard a lot of grandma's stories or something like that when they were together, then, you know, we don't even know, Mm -hmm. but they spent a lot of time together Mm -hmm. and she was like, well, we spent all this time together, mom, you know, like, yeah. It's not like we didn't spend time together and now you're cutting me off? Like what happened? Like yeah. maybe she didn't even tell her at all. Who knows? I believe my sister's words at one point were after everything I've done for her. And I'm not sure exactly what she was referring to, but a lot of it would have been, I had to put up with her because mm. my my mother had a an issue with not being able to shut up. So surprise, look at us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, you guys think I talk a lot. You should meet my mom. You think my mom <laughs> talks a lot. You should you meet should... grandma. <laughs> you should meet grandma. I was like, she would follow you to the bathroom and still talk to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I bet grandma didn't, she didn't let go. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, your sister didn't like just stay. Mm-hmm. It's that grandma didn't let go, I bet too. Mm-hmm. So there was like, again, the push and pull and they're challenging each other, I'm sure, all the time. And so I'm sure that, you know, she wanted to leave sometimes or maybe she could have. And it just I, wasn't I think my sister the way her life worked out. would have liked to have left a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. If life had worked out that way, I think she would have been out the door months after she moved in. Right. It's just not how things ended up yeah. working out. It was probably a dream that was unrealized. Yeah. And... And I understand that feel that way. Like I did this for you. They probably both felt that way Mm -hmm. very deeply. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been very rough to have to live with my mother. Mm -hmm. I found it rough to be with her for more than, well, we'd take vacations. And for a week, I could deal with it. Mm -hmm. Actually, for the first two or three days when she's telling me everything about what had happened in her life recently, it was great. The fourth or fifth day, it was old fish. The sixth (laughs) or seventh day, ugh. Yeah, (laughs) I was ready to tear my hair out. (laughs) But you do that kind of thing. You take vacations, you spend time, you deal with the other person because they're your family, you love them, they've treated you well, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be there because without them. Right. Take note for future reference. I know, I'm like (laughs) writing it down. We do have a vacation coming up. Don't worry, you guys. I didn't realize it's 10 days long, but uh, I'll talk to you after day four. Just like, (laughs) no, just kidding. I did put in the uh, request for an upgrade to a better room. So hopefully we won't be on top of each other too much. I just want a balcony. Yep. All I like to do is to, we're going on a cruise. So all I like to do is just sit outside and, I love looking at the water. It makes me feel so small in such a good way, like like this rock star lifestyle like we've been talking about. And I just like calling it that now. I'm going to call all the entrepreneurs I know just like rock stars. But um, it just, it like makes all the problems in my life that feel so overwhelming or large feel so small. And I, I just really need that on a vacation. Well, 
being a cruise ship, yeah, there's plenty. there's a lot of outdoor space. <laughs> there is, and they can be at opposite ends of the boat. Yeah, and we respect each other enough to go. I'm going to back off now, or I need you to back off yeah. now. <laughs> Lithium. <laughs> yep. We have a code word. Yep. When we're being too obnoxious gas, <laughs> we both can use it. Yep. <laughs> You're like, okay, it's lithium's a noxious, no, what's the word? A noxious gas. A noxious instead of obnoxious. <laughs> OB, um, obnoxious yes. gas. So if my jokes get too crude, that's when I'm lithiumed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always found that when we're together solo, like it really is, there's a big girls trip, girls fun, like I think that there's sometimes when we're with other people that we are both, we're both, we are both similar in a lot of ways. Like when we go to Disney World, you guys, like who's going to lead us around? Like my mom and I've been there the same amount of times, basically. <laughs> I mean, she's definitely been there a lot, but I worked there. So like we, oh, we both know the way and we're both <laughs> the leaders in our lives so often that when we come together, we struggle sometimes on who's going to be the leader. And sometimes I want to be the leader because I'm like coming into my adulthood. And I mean, I am an adult, yeah. but like, it just feels like, well, now it's my time to try that myself. And my mom's like, well, I'm the mom. So like, <laughs> I'm the leader. And I'm like, it's true. You're always going to be my leader. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think sometimes when we, we've traveled before, like that's an issue, but it's not an issue when we're by ourselves. I don't think. I mean, we drove to LA together. Mm -hmm. We drove to Florida together. We drove to Florida together. <laughs> And I don't, I don't know. I just don't feel like, I feel like we have a lot of our alone time, even on this podcast right now, like I'm having a great time and I like learning about, I just like exploring, like I said, you know, what's been going on. And I like when I understand your story more, and this is something that, you know, daughters should know about their mothers. Like, like I don't have a daughter, you know, and I hope to one day, I hope to have lots of little, little girlies. You I'm know. saving the baby clothes for you. She is, you guys. I'm going to knock on some wood. There if you go. have a boy, we're out of luck. <laughs> yeah, well, just, it's all right. Gender neutral Either vibes. that or he better like, <laughs> like pink. I mean, if he's my little boy, he probably will. So <laughs> we'll see. But it's just one of those things where as I get into adulthood and as I move forward in this idea of becoming a mom, like a lot of my stuff of like, well, what was my mom like, like pops up. Mm -hmm. And it's not that again, nothing's wrong, but if I don't explore it, I can't make the decision for myself. Am I going to hold this chain strong or am I going to break this chain mm -hmm. for me next? And so as you learn your mom's story and as you understand her influences and her perspectives and her mom's story, like, I want to know grandma's story and how you interacted with it because I'm in that position next, you know, like it's coming down the line. So it's just interesting because I don't feel the same struggle. I think, you know, I'm just trying to figure out who I am mm -hmm. and you're my example. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing bad with me figuring out who I am and the stuff I choose to keep and the stuff I choose to ditch. Like it's okay <laughs> because I'm a different person. And I have different perspectives and different influences every day. And I have a different life, you know? And so much wasn't available in the times that you were growing up that is available to me now. Mm -hmm. And that will be so available to Janet. Yes. You know, your grandbaby and my niece, my bestie. So I just feel like it's just important to have these conversations. It's just important to get out there and listen and understand because like, as you know, as we go, like you said, your relationship with your mom changed a lot of, a lot mm -hmm. of your life. 
And so if we're in this part of, you know, you're in some my life at this ages that we're at, you know, 34, 64, we're both capable of doing a lot. Mm-hmm. And we're both capable of being friends and of being like, we're like a match mm-hmm. now, like a pair, like um, not a match, like a, <laughs> like we're going <laughs> to light it on fire. But it's like, we can be two peas in a pod. Mm-hmm. And especially as your kids are grown and I don't have any kids, let's go on vacation, yeah. you know, and let's have some drinks together and let's enjoy the sun and the sand. And just to me, like, it's, it's kind of beautiful that I haven't had kids yet in a lot of ways too, because then I get to enjoy this time with my family, with you, with my mom, with my dad and my siblings. Like it's interesting to become a more fully formed human. And it just took me a little longer too. And like, I mean, there's that pandemic and <laughs> just, there's just a lot that ego goes into it. But I feel like right now we're able to be at that point. And one day, you're right, as you get older and as I, I'll become adult and you'll become child potentially because mm-hmm. I'll be taking care of you. Mm-hmm. And that's why you have daughters. Mm-hmm. I will be there to take care of you forever. That's never f- going to change. I feel that right now we're in the glory days of our relationship with yeah. each other. I had this with my mom for a good 10 years mm-hmm. when my sister and my nephew had moved out. Like you're both available. We had moved to Kentucky, so we were closer. We were able to take some trips together. We were able to have long, one-sided conversations. (laughs) I don't think she knew me as well as I am, as I know you or as am learning things I'm learning about you. Every time you see me again, I'm like, something else changed. Yep. Here it is. I feel a lot of times I don't know even what questions to ask because I was not in a relationship where I ever got to ask a question with my mother. (laughs) I do feel that way. Like sometimes I'm like, did you guys even, did you even ask me how my day was? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you'll be chatting and dad will be like, so how was her day, Katie? (laughs) And then she'll be like, so how was your day? Like I can feel, I can feel you trying and practicing. And we've been raised in this family where nobody asks any questions. We all just chime in. And when we have something to tell people, yeah, you ha- you kind of have to talk over each other a little bit and be the loudest one in the room sometimes. <laughs> but we, it's not that anybody doesn't listen. You know, they're listening. There's not often responses though. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like I say something and then I'm like, and what do you guys think about that? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just waiting because I, I want to sometimes... have a dialogue about it. And we're so used to grandma just being the monologue. Yes. I want the dialogue. I think the monologue was the big problem because I have been subjected to that yeah. for so many years up and up until she passed it. That was my relationship with my mother. I mean, you had 60 years with your mom mm-hmm. and it was that way the whole time. I can attest to that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can validate a lot of your, what your relationship was because I saw so much of it, Mm -hmm. knowing her for 30 years. And your time that you spent with her. How many times did she ask you a question? Oh my God, like twice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it was when she was, um, so she had that um, stroke and heart attack when I was 20. And then again, I believe out of spite survived (laughs) (laughs) and was like, I'm getting back to my house and I'm taking my stuff and I'm doing whatever I want. And still lived for another 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so like in the very end, she even passed or we thought was it literally passing mm-hmm. in February. Everybody was called in to say goodbye. We all came up to Indy. You called all the kids. We were there. We said goodbye. I sat in the room with grandma, held her hand. She was not conscious. Mm-hmm. 
And then two days later, you're like, so everything's okay. She <laughs> woke up and asked for food. <laughs> yeah. Like who knew, you know? Yeah. And so then I went back to see her three times. And um, when she was like in hospice, basically, or mm -hmm. I, I think that's what it was you, a hospice. Yeah. Yeah. Hospice facility. So she never went home again, but she did go to hospice and... For a month. Yeah, a They said month. she was probably trying to wait until it was past my birthday. Yeah, which and it she did. was. Yeah, mm -hmm. a few days passed. I mean, now it's been... Actually, I it was think... a few days ago. A few days ago was the... It was March 12th. Okay. Yeah. I just know because it's also Ryan's dad's birthday and oh. that's when we were drunk in Antigua getting on jet skis. Mm -hmm. It was a year <laughs> after that and I was like... My mom's mom passed away a year ago today. I'm letting my mom do whatever the fuck she wants today. <laughs> and I'm just going to make sure she's safe. <laughs> and then we were on the Bravo show um, below deck. Yep. <laughs> you would never know it. But there's two jet skis in Antigua and they tell you the date because of the pandemic. And like they had to shut down the show and all this stuff. And we were on TV together. <laughs> Anyways. Well, you were... On TV, your very first day, you were on TV on Bravo. You were on TV last week. Yeah. But three times. <laughs> yeah. For like Valentine's Day. Yep. So yeah. If you ever wanted to make sure that you got some time in on TV, you did it. <laughs> yeah. We made it happen. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, she went, you know, she came back to life out of spite, like I said, mm -hmm. or out of, maybe it wasn't spite, but she was just such a sassy lady. She was so mad at my sister. For walking out on her. Yeah. She was so mad at her. And I bet she didn't want her to like come no. in and figure out a way. No. To get rid of her stuff yes. or whatever. Yes. My sister was mad because I said, mom said that I should be power of attorney. And when I got the copy of the power of attorney, the way that it was printed out, my sister's name was actually first, but it was on the right-hand side of the page. My name was on the left-hand side, so it was very obvious. Mm. So I looked at it, saw my name, and thought that meant I was power of attorney. Right. And my mom had, had verbally said she wanted me to be. At this point, she was out of ICU, but she was still in the hospital. Right. And it wasn't... It was Even though, like, your sister lives closer, so, like... But they hadn't had a close relationship. Yeah, just physically closer. Yeah, physically they lived closer, but they didn't see each other very often. Yeah. My mom and I, at that point, were seeing each other all the time. Mm -hmm. And we're taking trips together and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't realize that we were get, starting to get along again. She, My mom always felt like she only got invitations to do stuff when my sister was kind of required by social norms to give her invitations like to say well, she probably wanted a little bit of her own life mm -hmm. I mean well she was I, probably putting up boundaries and they didn't know how to handle that things like Christmas you expect to spend Christmas with your family yeah especially if you've got an older adult who doesn't have other people in yeah. her life and we have a very small family on that side yes like it was just grandma yeah. I mean after we didn't speak with your sister so yeah um, my mom actually spent more time talking to my cousin than she did to my sister, mm -hmm. which was interesting. My cousin looks a lot like her and could have yeah, po possibly she, been her she daughter. She really does. I was like, dang, yeah. that's grandma. <laughs> yep. She followed that side of the family and I followed the other side. I look like my cousin's mother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look more like her than I do like my own mother. It's so funny. Anyway, she said she doesn't realize that since we were starting to talk again and starting to do a few things again, that I was about to put her back in the will. I always wondered if that was actually true. Mm. If she... Or if she just wanted this, this light. If that, you know? if that was 
a spite thing yeah. that maybe she hoped I'd tell my sister. Yeah. And then we spent the next 10 years with mom recovering, basically. Mm-hmm. Even though she recovered, she... It wasn't the same. ...didn't recover strongly. Mm. So I spent the next 10 years feeling like I was my mother's caretaker. I needed to call her and make sure she was okay, make sure that somebody was coming to help her if she needed something. Yeah. There was uh, a lot of... It was a lot of my 20s were about watching my mom and my grandma. Mm-hmm. And dad... Because, of because yeah. especially after integral. he was able to retire early, he was able to go over. He would make the two-hour trip from our house, the four-hour round trip from our house to go over, make sure she had food in the fridge, make sure her water bottles were all pre-opened oh, yeah. <laughs> because it was hard for her to open them. Yeah. Yeah. He helped Run a, a vacuum, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. When we did garage sales for her, he was always there helping. Yeah. He really so showed up. Our entire family... It was focused on grandma though. Like, I mean, I felt like a lot of, I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like since grandma passed, we've been able to have a relationship, Mm -hmm. you and me. Mm -hmm. And we're allowed to define our own because there's not a third party Mm -hmm. anymore. So like, like I said, I'm kind of happy that I haven't had children yet because that would be a third party. Mm -hmm. So these are, like you said, lower years. (laughs) I wonder how it was. Yeah. A hundred years ago when yeah. three or four generations right. all lived in the same house. Yeah. Did you ever get to be the grown up before be, so. before you were the oldest person in the house? Yeah. Well, and sometimes I wonder if you can see your kids as grown ups if you still have your parents mm-hmm. because you're the kid, mm-hmm. but that makes them like the baby. Yeah. You know? So I think that there's a lot that changed after grandma passed. And, and I honestly feel lighter now and like past it. And, I have so much love for her. And when I went back to see her, you know, when she was in that hospice facility for like a month, I went back and saw her three times, one on your birthday as well with the cousin you're talking about. And I was like, dang, even Ryan was like, they look so alike. But um, so those are the first times that I like laid in the bed with grandma, like in her hospital bed. Mm-hmm. And she was using her little stylus to scroll on her phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she followed like four people on Instagram. It was me and Jason and I think my business and I can't remember the fourth one. And she, the nurse walked in and again, you've just heard this. My grandma was, she probably hadn't been heard. You know, her life probably hadn't been heard. So she kept trying to tell people and tell people and I don't slight her for this at all, but like she didn't see me either Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel seen and I want to feel seen by my family. Mm -hmm. And so it's just something where the nurse walked in and she was like, oh, you must be the granddaughter. And I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm her only granddaughter. And so she was like, she told me all about your spring fashion, like that you have this new collection. She literally, the nurse could name off everything. And grandma was like, yeah, I just tell them all the time how proud of you I am. And I was like, what? (laughs) Oh my God, this is amazing. And I mean, literally... I've told grandma I loved her. I mean, I am a lover. Like I want everybody to feel love. I want you to feel good. And I'm a peacemaker and I'm all, I'm all the things. But like she was so harsh that I would tell her I loved her and she didn't say it back. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the multiple times that there's sometimes I was with dad or with you or whatever, but the times I was there were the first times I remember her ever telling me that she loved me. Mm-hmm. Like of she probably did when I was little. There's cute pictures that I've just found of like her playing with me in a pool when, we're, <laughs> when I was like four. Like there was definitely love mm-hmm. between us, but 
I, I'm an auditory person. Uh, mm-hmm. Why do you think I have a podcast? Mm-hmm. You know, I needed to hear it. And with all the other words she said, <laughs> I was like, you can't say love to grandma. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, I'm going to challenge you too. Cause that's what your family does. That's what I grew up with. I know. I can see that. Like I can see, I can see because there's actually this thing I posted on our stories yesterday. There's this show, 10 Lasso. And I told you about it. It, but it's very like mental health stuff and it's very positive. And I'm Ted Lasso in the show and Adrian's the coach and it's this whole thing. But Ted Lasso goes, I love meeting people's moms. It's a roadmap to why they're crazy. <laughs> and that's how I feel about people meeting my mom on this podcast and yeah. about people hearing about your mom on this podcast because you are, the two of you are my like female influences. Mm-hmm. And for so long, I've, I, I am very different y'all and I feel very soft and very very like sensitive like I'm very aware of my emotions of my uh you know the lights are a little bright like (laughs) right now like my senses I'm Mm -hmm. very in tune with myself and that in those ways and sometimes I feel like I'm like that because and I don't mean this negatively but like because you were off doing other things Mm -hmm. and Sometimes I used to feel like it was a little bit latchkey or abandonment in those times because I was like, oh, I needed my mom. Especially with two brothers two that brothers. were probably picking on you. Oh my God, all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Or at least the one of them. Yeah. <laughs> but you had to gang up with him or else, you know, you lost. So. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, I had, I just had so much positive masculine energy around me that, you know, I remember like wearing a dress. Like grandma gave me like 80 dresses one time for my birthday that she got it like, Goodwill. Goodwill or garage sales or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm like wearing, I'm playing hockey in the street, Mm -hmm. like street hockey. I got my rollerblades on, but I'm wearing a pink dress. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I've always been struggling with that, but I feel because I wasn't as seen in some of the times I really wanted to be seen. I've always been kind of like struggling to be seen. And because you guys, you and grandma are, are those female influences in my life. I'm like, oh, I just want them to see me. Mm -hmm. Like the boys see me and like, whatever. I've never had an issue with familial, like my relationship with with family that are men or my relationship with my husband or any men, I'm fine. But Mm -hmm. I wanted like female validation Mm -hmm. because to me, that was the hardest thing to get. You know, like I had to like, I didn't get what I, like that's what I wanted. Yeah. And so for me, no wonder I started this thing that's like, I want sisters and I want all this stuff. And I just want to really prove that to myself and break this chain of like female relationships are either good or bad. Mm -hmm. Like, no, they're complex and they're intricate. And like, I want to explore that and just sit in it because for me, it's true that I've had positive relationships with women. And every single time I have a conversation on this podcast or whatever, like it, it's always so positive. And I think that's a chain I'm breaking that maybe came down my line and mm-hmm. the chains that I'm keeping, you know, are, are just the generosity that you have. Like we talk about my mom being a spender. To me, she's so generous. Mm. Like I love to, like you are so kind and so generous. You would give anybody anything that they needed forever and always. Like I tried I'm, to give your mother-in-law a kidney. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I'm keeping those chains, you know? Mm-hmm. And the other ones that I'm breaking are what make me me. I wonder if that chain, that tough, don't know, don't get love kind of chain from the women yeah. has come down from my mother to me 
because that's what came down from her mother exactly. to her. She was the second child. My grandmother was 40 years old when she was pregnant with my mother. In the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Like I can only well, imagine what grandma's yeah. mom was like. Like mm-hmm. I, I have no doubt that grandma is the way she is because of the women in her life. I'm pretty sure she was not an expected or wanted pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was because they thought they couldn't get pregnant or I don't know any of those details. My own grandmother died when I was quite little, so I never really knew her. I have one recollection that when she came to visit us after she broke, she broke her ankle or her wrist or something and had to come live with us for a little while. And she sat down on my sister's head on the couch because she didn't <laughs> see her lying there. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember is my Did sister being upset about apologize grandma. Apologize to you? Oh, I don't remember that I'm gonna part. I'm going to say probably not. Probably not. Probably <laughs> Get didn't out of the way, know. kid. She, she was a heavier woman. She's probably about my size. Uh, she may not have noticed that there was... <laughs> Any extra girth down there. <laughs> but, oh, so funny. but that's my recollection of my, my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember her ever being loving or kind to us as, as children. Of course, I was very little. So right, right. I was probably five mm-hmm. when she was living there. And she died shortly after that. Mm-hmm. So very little recollection of all that. I'm guessing that my mother didn't get a lot of affection. Yeah. Which is probably- Yeah, wh- even like hugging and stuff. Mm-hmm. Grandma was like, okay. Not real big on that. Yeah. And I'm like, hug me. Mm-hmm. And my mom, you hug and you go rawr, like, cause you're a bear. Like yep. we're all bear hugs. We all do bear hugs. Yep. Because and- you broke the chain, you needed hugs. And on the phone, we always have to go, I love, love you, you. When, we, <laughs> when we get off the phone. Yeah. And that came down from Jason my dad's and Daniel side. and I do that too. I'm like, I love you. And they're like, I love you. So like mm-hmm. none of us, are worried about I've that. done it to people on the phone that I barely knew. <laughs> You're like... <laughs> After a good conversation, I felt like I was talking to one of my kids. Yeah. Okay, bye. Love you. And occasionally I get a love you back. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember we were in the car driving back from something recently and you said, you know, I don't have... um, I don't have a lot of friends like right now. I have... There's nobody I would give a kidney to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, mom, like... <laughs> if you needed it. Well, I know, but I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I would equate a friend. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people I would give a kidney to, mm-hmm. but I have a ton of friends and there's a lot of love. And with how kind and generous you are, I was like, I mean, or I think what that sounded like to me is the, is that chain mm-hmm. of, of toughness and of, if they're not in my life right now, mm-hmm. that means they're not in my life, mm-hmm. which grandma had. Mm-hmm. And I worried, I was like, mom, because you said like, oh, I've had friends here and here and here. And I was like, mom, it just sounds like you make friends really easily. Mm-hmm. Like, why not tell yourself that? I always have, wherever I live, a couple of friends yeah. that I feel close to, that I could call, that I could ask of, of a, a question of, that I could ask for help from. Yeah. Jackie and Samantha. Yeah. I feel close to them. Jackie more so probably because we've had been able to spend more time together. Yeah. And she's great. Samantha's raising a, a child the same age as my granddaughter. She yeah. doesn't have time, yeah, energy. Just, she doesn't have a second in command. It's her reality. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So her ab- availability to have a stronger more active friendship, not stronger, but a more active active friendship. More active friendship. And she also has a large family. So she has a lot of friends that are built in because they're family. She's got the village. Mm -hmm. Um, Jackie's got the village too. Mm -hmm. My village is pretty small. We don't have a big village. (laughs) Nope. I mean, 
it's us. <laughs> like we got a little township. <laughs> we really do. I mean, even when we had all of the family at Thanksgiving, it was like 19 people. And they're all on dad's side. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I maybe it is just seeing that. Maybe, maybe you just want the village, you know, and mm-hmm. you just want a little bit of the uh the active friendships and stuff. But I just found it as like it just felt like harsh language to yourself. And I told you that. And I was like, I think it's, I think there's some some ways to positively spin this for yourself that just don't have to be as harsh. Mm-hmm. And for from going from your your mom being harsh and your daughter being soft, <laughs> maybe there's a good middle for you that feels comfortable <laughs> for both ways. It surprises me that you call yourself soft mm-hmm. because of my mother and myself and you, I would consider you the toughest of any of us. Wow, really? And again, that's not a negative, not yeah. in my mind at no, all. I'm just surprised. I don't think mom or I could have dealt with the possibility of criticism. Mm-hmm. I know you've actually gotten criticism, Quite especially <laughs> especially from from guys that don't like the whole feminist the con- concept. The trolls, the death oh. threats. I've told her about them. Yep. That kind of thing would probably put me off of doing that, this kind of work. Mm-hmm. I have a rough time with any kind of criticism, especially if it comes from somebody that I feel close to. Yeah. When I let down women online, I get upset. When I mm -hmm. let down men, don't get me wrong. Like, again, I love men and people get me mixed up with that a lot. But they're they're saying more things that are, I'm not going to have sex with them. (laughs) And they're upset. And I'm like, I wasn't going to have sex with you anyway, bro. (laughs) Like, I've been locked down for 20 years almost. I mean, you know, not quite that long, but still like... It's it's always the comment from a from, that I receive online that's um from a hater or troll that is criticism is always about my looks or about women oblivious to their waistlines must be what WOW stands for something like that mm-hmm. and it's just like dude I'm not insecure about that stuff like I'm Why not is- always secure but I'm not like I'm it's not it's not a thing that matters to the impact of my life whereas like women will give a comment that's a little bit more hey, like I'm not seeing enough um, like racial diversity on your page. And I'm like, you're totally right. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. And I'm working on that. This is a very small brand and most of it's me right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm a white woman. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of responsibility as somebody representing all women to make sure that there's you know, diversity here. And I appreciate your comment. And this is not something that will continue to be an issue. Mm-hmm. So that's how I can respond to it because I care about what they said. Mm-hmm. So I can usually, I mean, I still like, I love to cry. <laughs> so I'm just like, I release the energy of, and I'm like, okay, I cried about that or whatever. And then like one of our sponsors for the podcast is Kindness Cookies. And then she sent me a box of cookies <laughs> and I ate them while I like had that little thing on the screen about <laughs> women oblivious to their waistlines. So I was eating cookies and I'm just like, see, it doesn't, it's okay. But yeah, yeah. some of them affect me more than others. That's my yeah. point. But yeah, the criticism, sorry. That was a tangent, obviously. Yeah. The the criticism is hard. I think you're very tough for being able to deal with that criticism. Yeah. I just don't let it stop me. And I don't like to cry. So <laughs> I, it gives me a headache. I don't yeah, like to cry. she doesn't like crying. No. And I'm like, oh, a cry is just a release for me. Uh, I'm into it. Uh, the last time I actually truly cried, I think it might've been because I dropped something on my foot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> When, I, you, when you hurt yourself and your eyebrow, did you cry? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that was more swearing. Yeah. <laughs> there, but you're talking about physical pain. Yeah. The actual crying because somebody hurt me, somebody got to me. I avoid that. Yeah. I avoid movies that are going to make me have an emotion mm-hmm. that's too strong, that's going to make me feel bad for 
any amount of time. Mm-hmm. I won't watch The Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, let's watch The Notebook and eat ice cream no. so I can cry. <laughs> no, nope, nope. Yeah. I will avoid that at all costs. Um, can I tell you something I've been exploring recently with emotion? Mm-hmm. And um, so... I just got cupping done today, which I was showing my mom and I had like a massage and stuff. And I've been exploring this with my therapist as well. Is that when I think what was, I'm going to use the word allowed because I don't have a better word, but what was accepted in our relationship probably was physical pain is important. Mm -hmm. Physical pain deserves attention. Mm -hmm. Emotional pain, because you're not interested in interacting with it, as you just said, Mm -hmm and I have a lot of it, (laughs) it's just harder to find how to deal with that. And I mean, like I said, I I recognize that you waited the waters with me and this, uh, so many of these things that we went through together, you, it's the first time you did them. You know what I mean? So like, who's, who knows how you're going to react when, who knows how I'm going to react when I have a daughter. So it's not judgment, but it was part of my perception is that physical pain was allowed to be cried over. Mm-hmm. But emotional stuff, yeah, I had to get strong and I had to be tough. <laughs> yeah. and, and that makes sense because of what you just said. And what, like I said, what grandma was like as well. My masculine energy Your feeding masculine, through to the relationship. Exactly. So that's what I mean in masculine energy. Yes. And in feminine energy, I'm like, oh, I have a lot of that where I'm just like, no, like my emotions used to. And truly, I appreciate that y'all had your ways of going about emotional stuff because I was probably overly emotional of it would have held me back. And so I'm wading through the waters of my therapist of like, I'm going, I'm talking about something emotional and I'm, I'm tensing my hands and I'm Mm -hmm. holding my body. And in this weird way, I'm like fighting myself Mm -hmm. and not allowing myself to have just emotional pain. I have to have physical pain to be allowed to cry like where that was just in my body. Mm -hmm. So the physical pain is just tenseness that I hold everything in in order to be able to hold it together on the outside. So like I need a lot of massage and a lot of (laughs) this cupping and a lot of like time to heal physically because I'm almost hurting my own body and not allowing it to heal because I think that that's the main thing that we're expected. Yeah, I think it's my brain is telling me that that's how you process. Mm Mm-hmm pain. Pain is only allowed physically. So when I don't feel well physically, which is a lot every day right now, I want to find the way to feel emotionally like safe and secure and all of that and cry, which is why I allow myself to do it now without holding it in my body. Does that, I think it makes sense. I think it does make sense. I'm now thinking of something that I hadn't thought of before. Yeah. So good podcast. Yeah. Uh, You're expanding my horizons. We'll just do two parts. It'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. Y'all know that I love being kind, generous, and I love something sweet. No surprise there. (laughs) Well, after I got a really negative comment on TikTok, I was introduced to the most loving, kind woman named Ashley. Ashley is the owner of Kindness Cookies, and she sent me a massive box full of amazing cookies for me to enjoy. I think I ate them for like a month straight because they're individually wrapped. And now Kindness Cookies is a sponsor of the WOW podcast. So let me tell you about them. Kindness Cookies is a small, woman-owned business that ships gourmet, chewy, soft cookies nationwide. The mission of the company is to spread kindness through their cookies and through their charitable donations. 
which makes it the perfect gift for celebrations, birthdays, and really just every day because, well, you always need something sweet, right? I sure do. Every month, there's a new flavor and a new charity to support so you can put your money where your mouth is. Kindness Cookies has seriously hooked us up with a discount for WOW listeners. You can use code WOW for 25% off your first order with Kindness Cookies. Yeah. So good podcast. Yeah. Uh, you're expanding we'll my horizons. We'll just do two parts. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am on an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. I've been on one for at least 20 years. Mm-hmm. Is Lexa- Lexapro an antidepressant? Yes. I'm on one too. Yay. <laughs> and I love it. I'm on duloxetine. I had tried. Oh, some I up- tried that and it gave me the, it kept me up all night, mom. Mm. All night. I had been on two, some, or, two or three other ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'd been on two or three other ones and they didn't seem to be doing what I needed them to do. And that's to tone me down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like chill you out? Make me less unhappy. Mm-hmm. My depression shows up as crying all the time. Mm. I don't cry anymore. Mm-hmm. I haven't cried for at least the 20 years that I've been on this. Yeah, and you don't like crying. I don't like crying. I don't want to cry. I want to be tough and strong and mm-hmm. and go on about my day. When my mother passed away, I did not cry. Yeah. I, I might have teared up a little bit, but we knew it was coming. Right. There had been so many and I mean, we close were- misses, mm-hmm. near misses ahead of time that I'm not surprised I wasn't crying. When my dad cried, pre-antidepressant and also 30 years before, 20 years before, when my dad passed away, I cried like crazy. I mm-hmm. cried when I found out he had cancer. I cried when I came to visit him. I cried when I was hugging him, when he actually passed away. I was holding his hand and mm-hmm. I was crying I remember you being more emotional when I was younger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of the antidepressant medication that calms my crying and I actually prefer it that way. Yeah. Which is maybe not the best way to be. Maybe well, I do need to be crying more. It's a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. I mean, and everything is a trauma response. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, oh, that's a new thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh yeah, because it brings me back to this time. And, da, 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 and it's just like... And trauma is just stuff you couldn't process, you know, quickly enough, basically. So it just stressed you out. Mm -hmm. So it can be from that stuff. And it does make sense that you like the antidepressants. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I do as well, but I still cry on them. Mm -hmm. But for me, it just, it lessens the activity. I have anxiety Mm -hmm. more than depression. Mm -hmm. And anxiety makes me move and do stuff. Mm -hmm. And I like to move and do stuff, but the depression paralyzes me. Mm -hmm. So I, I would rather be lessening the voices and doing, I'm going to use the word quote unquote normal amount of stuff <laughs> versus just overdoing it all the time to try to get attention, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever and be like, I just want to be saying whatever it is. It's more like, no, I've see, I see myself and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And like my relationships with everybody are better because I can come to it from a more positive place mm-hmm. and I'm not so... I don't have the 14 voices going all at once being like, do this, do that. Like the ADD stuff and being like, no, no, you got to do this and that and that. And just being all over the place. It just, it keeps me like chill. Yep. <laughs> I'm not sure the 14 voices would be ADD. I think that's more bipolar. No, but <laughs> I mean more like. I know what you mean. Activities at once. Like I, I like to do multiple things at one time, but sometimes mm-hmm. that's so overwhelming mm-hmm. that I can't. Jason and I talk about that as being constructive mania. Yeah. When are you going to accomplish this thing? 
is it going to be today? Is it going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be next week? Is it going to be never? Mm -hmm. I want to look at my mania and go, it's going to be today and it's going to be great. Yeah. I might drink too much Coca-Cola to get myself into that somewhat manic mode. Mm -hmm. But then again, I built a wall or I put a roof on a house or I put a deck together or I did something that had to be done. Yeah. And sometimes you have to build yourself up for that, like you said. Yeah. And if you're combating the depression like medicine, you have to almost go the other way. I mean, I'm talking to a pharmacist, you know, (laughs) so like, you know, what's up. But it is interesting to kind of see and like see where we all hold it and what happens. And, you know, my brothers have boundaries too, and they're adults and they're figuring it out for themselves too. And I think for me, it's just like we've talked about, like it's just changing a little bit and I'm finding new things and I'm just exploring that whole like finding yourself. Like I didn't do it in my twenties. I ignored myself in my twenties. and was like, oh, I should just like myself and not, you know, let everybody tell me how to feel about myself. And I'll subscribe to that anymore. I wish that when my mom was younger, I had been able to talk about some of the same sort of stuff with her and kind of find out why she had the kind of moods that she did. The wanting to be all tough, not wanting to have hugs, not needing to say, I love you, not asking her what her childhood was like yeah. because she never wanted to discuss it. Yeah. I don't think it was all negative. I don't think there was technically abuse or anything. Yeah. I mean, withholding love to some extent could be considered a little bit of an abusive situation, but I'm sure they're- Unintentional. Unintentionally Mm -hmm. difficult situation. And again, it's how she perceived it versus how they, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it was less harsh than how their parents treated them. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if my grandfather was the same way that my grandmother was, Mm -hmm. if they were both not expecting another child, if they both had difficulty Mm -hmm. with bringing a baby in when their other one was 10 years old. Well, us tough women like sentimental men, so- I could see that because like, I mean, Ryan's tough for me and I'm sentimental AF. So I'm just <laughs> like, but like dad's sentimental for mm-hmm. sure. And you're tough. And, uh, you my know. dad cried at Chuck E. Cheese animals yeah. singing on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and my dad, every time I sang or did anything cried. And yep. I, I think it's the sweetest thing because mm-hmm. it's, I just feel seen by it. You know, I'm like, oh. I can, you know, evoke this emotion and this beautiful thing that somebody else felt. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm just like into the feelings. I just like it. I didn't cry when you guys were born, but he did. Yeah. (laughs) Dad did. Yeah. So I think maybe it's again, finding that push and pull, the saver spender, the opposites attract, like you have to recognize that in other people and also own up to what your part of it is Mm -hmm. in good ways and bad ways and neutral ways. Like Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, like you said, Ryan does the cooking, but I do the cleaning. Like those are equally difficult jobs Mm -hmm. in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so we both contribute and we both, when we struggle, we, it's because we're going against each other and competing. And I'm like, no, dude, like we both, we're on the same team. You know, we're in this marriage we signed these papers. We took these vows. We're on the same team. Mm-hmm. And when we both remember that, like right now, we're, we've done really, really well. And I think when you do have those opposites and you're working on the same team, beautiful things happen because mm-hmm. different perspectives come in. And it doesn't have to be spouses. It could be yeah. anybody that you are in a relationship with, mm-hmm. a mother-daughter, yeah. a grandmother, granddaughter. Granddaughter. As long as you're looking at it as being we're on the same team. Yeah. Your brother said that after the divorce, that he was, because of the divorce, he was very negative Mm -hmm. towards his Mm ex-wife. But when he talked through it with someone and they said, remember, you're on the same team, 
you're both for trying her. to make sure that this child gets raised in a happy, loving yes. situation. Yes, she has to come first. That apparently made it much easier for him. Yeah. It took me a little bit longer. But that makes sense. I felt bad for him because of the situation. Well, so he's your baby. He's my he's baby. So I baby. had to resent her for a while or felt that I had to resent mm-hmm. her for a while because she, in my mind, hurt him. Right. But you also feel the way that your mom felt that someone left you. Mm-hmm. And yes. You don't like that feeling. Right. And when the vote women, <laughs> that's our maiden or your maiden name, feel that way, mm-hmm. they retaliate or like react, mm-hmm. not retaliate, but you know, their your reaction is to be like really upset because mm-hmm. you feel abandoned. Mm-hmm. And I felt that yeah. way even when it happened too. And trying to wade those waters was interesting. Yep. But I was trying to be there like for the whole family mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And, but we all know it was for the best. Yep. Yeah. Your dad took it especially hard. Yeah. There hadn't been divorces in the family. It was not something we did. Yeah. We y'all, stuck it no, out. Yeah. Good and bad, good or bad. Yeah. And there were probably some bads in there that we didn't right. acknowledge. Yeah. But good or bad, we didn't get divorced. Mm-hmm. And it felt like abandonment to both both of us. Yeah. And I think I felt very hurt by yeah. the ex-wife for a while. Yeah. I'm seeing that she's doing a good job raising the granddaughter. Great job. She's Great job. Yeah. Great job. She's doing very well with letting us have a significant role in her yeah. development, in her care, in being around. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that that I was very worried about. I think, yeah, you guys were mostly just scared that you wouldn't have the relationship that you now know you do. Yes. So for a while, the resentment was... It's, she it's took her fault. Our one grandchild yeah. away from us. And it wasn't that it was her fault. She's just living her life and, you know, it wasn't the right situation. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, like it makes sense why why they weren't together in so mm-hmm. many ways. And I'm happy that they're both, you know, doing well. Moving on. Individually. Mm-hmm. And doing well, like now, better now together. Because it's also just a lot of shock, <laughs> you know? Yep. And you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And the anxiety about that, causes you to have concerns that you you don't even know how to express. So you're just mad. You're just upset mm-hmm. because you just don't know what the future is anymore. Mm-hmm. Where when she was born, you're like, oh, this is my first grandchild. Yes. Like, I'm going to be this kind of grandma. Like, you have all these expectations for yourself. Mm-hmm. And now you don't know. Yeah. You know, when she when she left. So, yes. you know, when they, when they got divorced, you didn't know. So like, now it's kind of soothed. This is going to be a three-part <laughs> Yeah, it is. Conversation. No, nah. <laughs> nah, two's good. We're almost there. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, it's definitely been, we're, we're, we're out of the woods for sure mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And, you know, it's still going to sting or whatever because we're just so not used to it yeah. as a family. And and she wasn't used to it as, like her family wasn't used to it either. Mm-mm. So we haven't even had their whole perspective. And, you know, it's just, it's hard on everybody, but it's definitely for the for the right reasons now and Janet is thriving. Yep. She's the cutest little thing. Uh, it's so funny. You just too, spent all weekend with her. <laughs> when we when we trade trade her off. When yeah. her mom handed her to me and we were playing together and her mom said, give me a kiss before I go. She was like, nope, I'm playing with grandma now. Goodbye. <laughs> she barely got a kiss from her. And when I traded her off, nope, I'm back with mom now. Yeah. Go, go ahead, grandma. You're you're out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> yep. Grandma. Yep. She is tolerating the whole thing. 
she's thriving on the whole thing. It's not even yeah. tolerating it. She's doing well with it. She's great with trading out people. She's going to be very social, I think. I think because she's very she, social, yeah. She's very able to work with different people in different ways. Yeah. In a lot of ways, Ryan, my husband was definitely like, no, you guys, this is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And because it was right, like he was about, I want to say like one or two when his parents got divorced and he was very, you know, in between them. And he was like, it's not going to affect, we're all concerned about her, but we're also mm-hmm. concerned about ha- our relationship to her. Mm-hmm. And just will we have one because she was so important. She is so important to us. And had left you know? the state too. Yeah. So it's just, it feels the, far. The, the near prox- the proximity to, yeah. the, to the child was also yeah. affected. She sounds like Grogu, like the child <laughs> from like the baby Yoda. <laughs> and I think it helped us knowing Ryan, knowing what a great guy it is, how normal, how yeah. how well adjusted he is. Yeah. When you brought that to my attention that he went through the same thing like, at the same time. It's more abnormal that we have all stayed married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like then, mm-hmm. like there are so many people, but it was just new to us. Mm-hmm. And going through that is anything that's new to you is difficult. My sisters had one husband. My, yeah. my two brothers-in-law that are... Mary have only had ever had one wife. Yeah. It's it's just the like way our family is. Like grandma didn't get remarried and I, you know gram I I didn't see my grandparents in love mm-hmm. or married even realistically like my childhood when my grandpa when your dad passed was mm-hmm. I was like very young. Mm-hmm. And so like it was just interesting to see our view on marriage is like either your spouse passes mm-hmm. or you stay married forever. But, you know, Jason was always going to break molds and just uh, <laughs> challenge everything. Break stuff in general. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what us artists and people do. Like, you know, he's he's always, you know, had the his own path. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, now that we're more through it than we were before, we know Janet knows us. She loves us. You know, she calls me Bessie now, which is close to Bestie. <laughs> we're getting there. I was going to say this little like Elwood statue on my desk over here is the one oh, she, she slash my brother <laughs> gave me for Christmas. And you gave me that cute little cactus that says besties. <laughs> but she literally will come right up to you and she's like, I'm here with you now. She's so present. Mm-hmm. And what we can learn from her is how to be very present and be mm-hmm. like, okay, that's, mo- we've, you know, we need to move on and pass this. And so she's going to break chains we don't even know about too. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be open to those that break and those that continue and hopefully... Just watch people go into their own people. I mm-hmm. really, I should have been like in sociology. Like <laughs> I really love. I think you kind of are. <laughs> I feel that way. <laughs> I have a couple degrees, but mm-hmm. not sociology. But I mean, I feel like this is a great place. And like you're in this great place. You're traveling the world. You're a beautiful grandmother. Like, I mean, it's a really cool, it's a really cool place. You're in your glory years with your daughter, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like of course, life has been difficult and tough and harsh in times, and but it's been so beautiful and so educational and so, I don't know, just like comforting in so many times. And I do know that I can always call you and that I know that you know that you can always call me and we can figure stuff out, but we're just going to keep going, going to keep figuring it out and try to understand each other versus trying to just talk over one another. <laughs> um and maybe when we go to the bathroom, we won't follow each other and keep talking like grandma did. Maybe we'll break that chain. Yes. Let's, I think we did. Let's break that chain. I think we did. And we're there. So just thank you so much, mom. I thank love you. you. Thank you for having me on. This is actually 
expanded my horizons a bit too. Good. Well, and think about it. Like Janet's going to be able to listen to this. Mm -hmm. So Janet will know why her grandma was the way that she was. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's really cool. And I think like this is a good time in our lives to be talking about these things and to be exploring these things and just not be so scared of what might come from them. Because at the end of the day, I'm not leaving you. (laughs) Abandonment is not something I'm interested in, you know, and I... I hope you never write me out of the will, but I'm your executor. Nope. So <laughs> I think I'm everybody's at this point. I hope anybody that listens to this gets the gist of you should talk to your family, to your friends, especially if you're a woman, talk to your mother. Yeah. Find out what their perspective was so that you understand where you started out and you know where you can go next. I absolutely agree. And I mean, for a while, when you're trying to figure out who you are, there is a lot of like resentment of things, but there's also a lot of forgiveness that happens and doesn't always, it's not always negative. Like I said, not all this stuff is negative. Like you move through it and you, once you understand parts of yourself or which change, I like this chain metaphor. So like change you want to keep and change you want to break. Sometimes you have to mourn a little bit, you know, you have to forgive or mourn like, oh, that happened. But when you can understand the perspective of the other person, just like with any relationship, just like in society, if we can understand each other a little bit more, it doesn't sting the same way, Mm -hmm. you know, and it definitely releases a lot of that pressure around having to be perfect or whatever. Like, fuck that. Like, no thanks. (laughs) Like, I want to be proud of my relationship with my mom. And in a lot of ways, I feel... I mean, closer to you than I ever have because we are in these glory years and I'm excited to be in them with you. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. I love you so much. I love you too. And I'm excited to get a big bear hug after this. <laughs> and I rawr. think- <laughs> rawr. <laughs> I literally run around the house and go, rawr to Ryan all the time. And he does it to me. It's just funny. Um, but we'll keep that in the chain. Yeah, we'll keep the bear hugs. I like this. Um, so thank you so much, money makers, for listening. And money makers, until next time, go out there and make that money. If you want to put more money into the wallets of women like we do, then check out our website, thewomanownedwallet.com. And we can't wait to continue the conversation on our social media. So definitely follow us on our Instagram at womanowned.wallet and on TikTok at womanownedwallet. You can support us by following our podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. And don't forget to leave us a review. Thank you for listening to Woman Owned Wallet, the podcast. 